If you happen to have a Bible, whip it open to Ezekiel chapter 37. I'll jump there in just a moment, but let me, um, let me give you some context. Um, over the last month and a bit, I can't really remember how long, um, we have been digging into this prophetic word about waves of healing that would push us back onto our ask. And we've spent a lot of time on the ask, part of it. And there's a saying in my head, it's time that we got our ask into gear. But I'm not going to say that because that sounds really wrong. (laughs) But (laughs) I'm so glad I didn't say it as well. Um, But um, the waves of healing part, we've had... Another bunch of people do Elijah House. So in the last kind of two or three months, we've had nearly all of us go through um, module one of Elijah House, which is all about giving us language and tools around the heart journey. And what I've been feeling brewing over the last couple of weeks has been a word around the waves of healing part of that word. It's like a word about the word. It's going to get confusing, but work with me. This is, this is going to go somewhere. Let's open up Ezekiel 37. It will become clear, and we're on a bit of a time clock here. So let's hit it, because I want to minister into this quite some. So this is a prophetic word that comes to the prophet Ezekiel. It's a little bit trippy. Ezekiel is known for being quite trippy and seeing all sorts of weird things that um, if he was not an Old Testament prophet, you would be wondering what he sipped into his water or his coffee. Um, because these are fairly epic visions. But this is a fairly well-known prophetic word, but this is what, uh, let me unpack it. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very, very dry. Are there any tissues up here anywhere? Thank you. Well, I normally would if a whole lot of people weren't watching me. All right. Where did I get to? Very dry. dry. Okay, very dry. (laughs) He asked me, son of man, can these bones live? I said, sovereign Lord, you alone know. (laughs) That's a great answer. When God asks you a question and you don't want to get the answer wrong, that's a great answer. You alone know, Lord. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together bone to bone. I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, or depending on the version you have, prophesy to the wind. Prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, breath from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me and then breath entered them. They came to life and stood on their feet, a vast army. 
Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say our bones are dried up, our hope is gone and we are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. My people, I'm going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then my people will know that I'm the Lord. While I open up your graves and bring you up from them. I will put my spirit in you and you will live and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and have done it, declares the Lord. Who, baby. What I want to talk about is the dry bones that we all carry in our world because I feel like God is on the move and doing something like we see in this prophetic word here to bring some stuff back to life. So the journey of this, there's just death, dry bones. So dry bones, they've been there a while. They've been dead a while. And given their bones and there's no flesh whatsoever, they've been there quite a while. So this is a place that has been marked by death. And when I say death, yes, obviously they're bones, but by absence of life. You want to, like, want a good definition of death is the absence of life. It doesn't, you can be physically alive, but really dead on the inside because there's no life on the inside. And he said, prophesy to these bones and say, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Now, what are our dry bones? I was out cleaning the pool a couple of weeks ago and just kind of mulling over stuff. And this thing just dropped on me. And it wasn't a bird overhead, it's okay. <laughs> That's happened at other times, but a good thing dropped on me. And it was this sense that what, what are our dry bones? And what I heard was our dry bones are the places where we are experiencing dominant negative emotions. So, for example, and this is... This is lingering negative emotions. Not so when Australia lost the test in Headingley that they should have won by a really long way. Okay, it was two o'clock in the morning. I'm still up, pacing around. Captain Tim Payne does a stupid review that costs us the game. I'm pacing around and I, got to, I had some dominant negative emotions at that point in time. And then when we finally lost, I'm like, ah! And for about two days, I was walking around this is not untrue, right? I was walking around, I was frustrated. But eventually, it may not seem like it, eventually, after that event went away, the frustration went away and I kind of got on with my life. I'm not talking about those kind. I'm not talking about, I've had a bad week this week and I still have some frustration left over. I'm talking about the lingering kind of emotions where the emotion is still there long after the event has passed and it's still affecting the way I'm making decisions and directing my life right here, right now. That's what I'm talking about. So where are you experiencing anger and frustration? In what areas of your life? In what areas of your destiny? I love when Sandra Selma Kirsten was here, she's one of the Elijah House gurus, one of the things she said was, anger is a great stink finder. In other words, where you experience this, this consistent anger, it's, it's a sign that something's going on underneath. 
One of the things I was doing this week, uh, in the past week, where Deb and I were um, over in Adelaide, was talking to a group of pastors about emotional intelligence. And I know this is a journey we're going to unfold too. Um, And one of the things I talked about was, from a pure neuroscience point of view, emotions are meant to be data, like the lights on your car, you know, the lights on your dashboard in the car. When a light comes on, it's meant to tell you, hey, something's going on under the hood, you need to have a look. Now, when we don't understand this about emotions, we think that they're commands. So I get frustrated and I think, oh, and I act out of my frustration rather than going, hmm, frustration, that's a warning line. What's going on under the hood? Quick question, is it just me or is it really warm in here? Have we lost oxygen? Is it just me? It's warm. Thank you. Bless you, those who say it's warm. I'm just sensing a... Um, You know when you're in a plane and you feel like the oxygen level just drops and you're starting to become unconscious and my wife and I have a very big conflict in our relationship over temperature, but right now I've got the mic and the air conditioner is on. (laughs) It's per, yeah, I know, I know. Anyway, back to the point. What was the point I was making again? Jesus, okay. I was about to pass it. Yeah, no, before that, pre-passing out. Warning lights, data points. In other words, when a a negative emotion comes up, it's meant to go, ping, warning light, have a look under the hood, something's going down. Under the hood of the car, yeah, I I was still on the car analogy, but just to be clear, in case anyone was thinking I meant like, you know, a jacket hood, it was the car hood. Yeah, I didn't say, no. Let me give you an example of that one. Um, I was up doing um, a whole lot of stuff around emotions for guys um, with uh, New Earth Tribe, or the tribe, Phil and Maria Mason's church um, up in Byron Bay. Horrible place to have to go visit, but someone's got to do it. I was willing to take one for the team. You're welcome. Um, and we were talking about this, and one of the guys um, said, oh, I know exactly what you're talking about, because he said, I was having this experience whenever Phil, as in Phil Mason, started talking about the Father's heart. And Phil talks about the Father's heart like all the time because that's one of his core messages. Whenever Phil talks about the Father's heart, I just get frustrated and I want to leave the room. Now, if he thought that his emotions were a, a command, you'd get up and just walk out and just go, ah, I just don't, I don't like this stuff. It's just frustrating. Poof, off I go. But then this was before we'd talked about this, but he, he stopped and went, hmm, I wonder what that frustration's about. And so he stopped and he asked God and God showed him that his own earthly father never once looked him in the eye and smiled. Never once. And so every time Phil talked about this loving father's heart, it pressed on a, on a void in his life around the father's love and that's what was surfacing. So instead of following the emotion, we need to interrogate the emotion because it's trying to tell us something. It's a warning light on the dashboard to say, hey, something's going on. You need to have a look. And if you don't have a look sometime soon, your engine might blow up. Flatness is another one. So we're talking about anger and frustration. Just flatness, kind of like meh, bleh. You know that feeling? Mondays, (laughs) bleh, meh. Oh, oh. (laughs) aww. (laughs) 
let that one through. Um, going back a couple of years, um, I remember I'd got to a point where some of my grief, particularly over losing my dad, and that was back in 2011, so this was you know five, six years down the track, but I just had some residual grief. And I'd been busy kind of you know, doing my life, and I was just behind on my processing. And I got some really significant signals in my body, like all the strength draining out of my arms and things that were telling me, I'm behind on my processing. I need to, I need to actually stop and engage. So I left a client site. I went home, got my beach towel out, because sometimes a box of tissues isn't enough. I got out my beach towel. <laughs> ready to bury my head in it. And then, and I got myself a playlist um, of songs that I knew would actually access that. And I was searching through the list and I came across a song that when my dad was sick, one of my intercessors at the time had said, hey, I really feel like this song's for you. It was a song by Jonathan David Helser called Fly. And um, it's an absolutely beautiful song. Um, but I looked at that list and, and I saw that song and I just had this meh about that song. Now, normally, if I have a meh about a song, I'll just kind of skip on by and go, yeah, not that one. But the meh kind of caught my attention because I remembered this, my own story around this song and I thought, hmm, I'm just going to stick it in the list and just see what happens. So I stuck it in about number three. You know, I put the first two that I knew I'd really connect with and I stuck that one at number three and I thought, let's see what happens. Literally from the first note that that song came, I just burst into tears and actually got to process my grief. Now, if I followed the flatness like it was a command, I would have missed out on what God had for me in that moment. But because I stopped to interrogate it and go, hmm, could this be a light on the dashboard? I actually got breakthrough. Are we making sense? Okay. So anger and frustration, flatness, disappointment. We've talked about disappointment a whole lot or the fear of disappointment. Pain and hurt, that's, obvious, that's a really obvious one. Um, but the other one is unbelief. In other words, where are the areas in my life that I really struggle to believe that God will be good, that God will break through, that God will do what he says he's going to do? Because when I feel any of those emotions that I've just mentioned, anger, frustration, disappointment, flatness, pain, hurt, or unbelief, they're warning signals on our dashboard to say, hey, dry bones. Something's going down. Now, the picture I have around this, in the military, when they're using missiles to blow up stuff, and I just, I have a deep love of things blowing up. It's a bit of a childhood thing that I've never really grown out of. Um, but in the military, when they blow stuff up with missiles, one of the things they do is they paint the target. Now, usually these days, they paint it somehow with a laser, um, somehow on the target. And when the laser is on the target, when the missile is fired, it just heads straight for that spot that has been painted and boof, off she goes. What I feel like is those emotions are the places we need to paint a target because the waves of healing are coming like a missile right there. This wave of healing that I believe is promised, it actually requires our cooperation. It's not one of those things, like in, anything in the kingdom requires cooperation. 
Sometimes, yes, God just does stuff sovereignly. Love that. Bring it on. It's not the most common way he works because he does not violate our free will. He wants to work with us. Prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Say to these bones, I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I want to prophesy to those places today that have got those negative emotions, that have got unbelief, that have got hopelessness, disappointment, pain, hurt. Here's what he says. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you. You will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. As I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, tendons, flesh appeared on them and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. So part one of the healing process is old dreams, old desires, old senses of hope and faith start to form in you again. And they may, be, they may be simply conceptually. You may start to remember stuff. You may start to remember times when, actually, I remember when I had faith in that area. I remember when I had hope for that. I remember when there was life in the thought of pursuing that. It starts to take shape. But at first, there's still no breath in it. It's like I can access it, but there's still no life on it yet. And then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign law says. Come breath from the four winds and breathe into these slain. In other words, breathe into these dead places. This is what's coming. And I don't feel yet to, kind of, to, pro, to do that prophesy to the breath and breathe. I don't feel like it's time just yet. It's not far off. But I do feel like it's time to declare over those dry bones it's time to live. And for some of those structures of faith to start to rebuild in those areas of your heart where you've had none. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. And they say, our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. That's the characteristic of the dry bones. Our hope is gone. We are cut off. That's why I say anywhere you feel hopelessness, where you struggle to believe that God is good, where you struggle to believe that God will break through for you, there's a target right there. This is what the sovereign Lord said. Here's his promise. My people, I'm going to open your graves and bring you up from them. In other words, those dead places, he's going to bring you up. He's going to bring those parts of your heart up out of there. And here's the deal. Then you will know, then my people will know that I am the Lord. I will put my spirit in you and you will live. Earlier on, I'll, in verse 6 where it says, I'll attach tenders, make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I'll put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I'm the Lord. So here's the big deal. Here's the promise. In the process of this healing, you are going to come to such a new, deep and strong revelation of who God is. 
because of the strength of what he does in here, because of the strength of the healing. And that there's some of the, for some of us in the room, there are things that we've just gone, I've just settled. It's like, I'm just going to have to live with that. This is just the way it is. Just going to have to live with it. And it's almost like we, um, we find compensation strategies to just incorporate into our life and go, well, that's just the way it is. And he's going, uh-uh. No, 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 no. Those things are coming to life, baby. Those things are coming to life. And in that, you will know with every fiber of your being that he is the Lord because of what he has done in you. I'm going to give us a moment. Just so happens that Hillsong released a song perfectly for this message. They were obviously, you know, in tune with the spirit as well as their instruments. What I want us to do is, I actually want you to, in a moment, get up and just move around somewhere in the room. You know, for some of you, you're going to receive really well standing up. Some of you are going to receive really well sitting down. Some of you might want to make use of the carpet and lie or sit or something, but I want you to Get up out of your seat and move somewhere in the room. We can use the entire room. It's what it's here for. It's here to be used. We're paying for all of it. We can use it. (laughs) And let this song wash over you. Don't do anything. Don't even have to pray other than kind of, yes, Lord, (laughs) and receive. But let it wash over you. Then we're going to pray and see what God wants to do. But I feel like right now our cooperation is simply let's recognize the areas where there's dry bones in our world and let's say, Jesus, I'm painting a target right there for the waves of healing. Come get it. That's our cooperation. You don't have to do this. I would highly recommend it, however. So I'm going to pray for us for a moment, then I'm going to get you to just move from where you are to somewhere. Because it's just part of activating us and cooperating is just is getting up and moving. Perch yourself somewhere in the room where you can receive and we want to let this song wash over you. So Father, in the name of Jesus, I want to bless the hearts of your people. And again, God, we want to come into alignment with what you're saying to us. And you have promised over us waves of healing. And so God, we're painting targets on ourselves, on our hearts for these waves of healing. We open up our hearts to you, God. We want to heed the warning lights on the dashboard and understand, oh, something's going on under the hood Jesus, come take a look. So just release your ministry of healing, of sozo, healed, delivered, free. That life would begin to form in every place. We paint those targets right now. All right, hop up, move around the room somewhere, get into receive mode. And in about 15 seconds, Kel, you can press the play button. Just go into receive mode.
This is about you, your heart, your wholeness. Whether you're sitting, standing, lying down, whatever you like, let's go. Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath into you and you will come to life. You will come to life. You will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Yeah, Father, we receive that word. And we declare ourselves targets for waves and waves and waves of healing. We just declare hopelessness to melt away. (laughs) We expose hopelessness for what it is. It's like a blanket to cover up pain. So we lift off the blanket and we let your healing power touch that pain. God, where hearts have grown sick because of deferred hope, we speak life again. We speak hope again. And for some of you, it's actually the courage to choose to believe again. Just release that courage. And just as a clue, courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is what you do when you are scared. So release courage to believe. Sometimes in spirit, where there's been hopelessness or where there's been just that blur, it's like there's this slumbering spirit that sits over that part of our heart and it's like, you know when you haven't had enough sleep first thing in the morning and you know you have to get up and it's just like, oh, it's too hard. And it, just, it's like, it's, it feels like that in spirit. So we just break the power of that slumbering spirit in the name of Jesus and we speak to those parts of your heart and say, come awake, come awake, come awake. We give you permission to wake up. We give you permission to wake up. And even as that happens, sometimes the first thing you experience is the negative emotions, but just know that they're the dashboard signs. I remember sitting with someone, it was actually a corporate coaching session, and we really got to the core of her pain that she hadn't realised. We got to the core of it, and, she, and when we got to the core of it, she's like, oh, I feel so anxious right now. When I said, you know what, that anxiety is just your pain starting to come out, and you're not used to giving it a name. It's your pain starting to come out. And she's like, oh, you're right, it is. And she started to let it out. She started to feel light. <laughs> 
because the stuff she'd been carrying for years was now finding a way out. Just give permission for Holy Spirit detox of hearts. <laughs> every spirit of heaviness and every stumbling spirit to lift off and for life to impregnate those places and to start to build the structures of hope and faith again. In Jesus' name.